Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Howdy, Todd. Dr. Wignall, how are you today? Super. Super? Super. That's That sounds either like hyperbole <laughs> or you're really doing that good. Might be hyperbole. <laughs> I feel pretty good, though. That's not bad. That's good. I want to talk today about stress management. Okay. Stress management. Yep. Um, I think it's a somewhat misunderstood concept. Do you have a lot of clients who... Do you, do you deal with stress management a lot as a therapist? <laughs> I think it's kind of all we do. <laughs> really? <laughs> what, well, okay. I guess what it do you finds mean? out what you mean by stress, because most of our clients are in some type of distress, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to help them manage mm. that. Yeah. What do you make of distress versus stress? Um, well, distress is maybe an affective response to stress, maybe. Meaning emotional. A stressor. Stress is a weird, it's, it's one of those easily um, confused or it's easy to get semantic errors, I think, mm-hmm. when you talk about stress. Yeah. Um, to me, distress is very broad in general. It's like I'm upset. Uh-huh. So it could be that your shoulders are super tense, but it could be that you're really anxious. Right. Could, could be that you're worrying a ton. You know, it, it right. could happen kind of on a lot of levels. It, to, well, I would say distress is maybe what you feel in response to a stressor. Mm, great distinction, Dr. Sewell. <laughs> so this was actually, this is the, my big point for this episode that I think I really want to communicate to people. Okay. That there there is a big difference between a stressor mm-hmm. and a stress response. Okay. Okay. Um, I totally agree. So let's kind of lay that out a little bit. Okay. Um, a stressor would be you're driving on the freeway and out of nowhere someone cuts you off. Mm-hmm. You have to mm-hmm. slam on your brakes and turn to avoid getting hit. And um, The person cutting you off is the stressor. Right. Right? It's the thing in your environment that happened to you. The event. The event. Yeah. Yep. Getting cut off. Right. Yeah. Now, your stress or your stress response is what happens in you as a result of that. Right. Downstream from that. Right. Correct. So you, your heart rate goes through the roof. You, you know, all this self talk comes up about, oh my God, I almost died. I could have, you know, could have gotten a crash. What a, you might be a-hole. angry. And lash yeah. Out. Angry, super angry, scared. Right. All that stuff is broadly speaking is your stress response you, you may have jerked the steering wheel over and slammed mm-hmm. on your brakes all of that is your response to what happened yeah right so broadly speaking stress or a stress response could be it, it's anything that happens as a result of a stressor hitting you right right so to speak um but i think it's also useful to so you could say you jerking the steering wheel or you worrying or you feeling really angry is all part of stress. Um, and I think that's maybe the broad mm-hmm. view of stress. Yeah. But I, I, I actually think it's more helpful to think of, or, or additionally helpful to think of stress as a physiological response. There's a, there's a great writer, Robert Sapolsky, who's a, he's a biologist, and he, of, among many things, he studies kind of the biology of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he basically says is that stress, stress is the result of your body going into fight or flight. Right. So a perceived danger 
puts your body understandably into a state where it thinks you'll be more able to handle it. So it, you get pumped up with things like adrenaline and cortisol, right? Which actually help they, they put your body into a higher mode of functioning. So right. you get bring more oxygen in your heart rate goes up to distribute that oxygen, your muscles tense. Um, actually your kind of focus and concentration and memory go up as a result of all this. Um, so it's, it's like, you know, you're being chased by a saber tooth tiger and you want turbo mode to hopefully get out of there. Your, your body's getting you ready. Right. Um, so that I, I like to think of stress and the stress response as primarily a physiological response that then, then maybe, maybe after that, or almost at the same time, there's various cognitive stuff that happens, ways of thinking. There's various emotional reactions that happen, maybe behaviors that happen, um, so that that to are me are they are they part of stress too or are they I think broadly speaking they're part of stress but okay. in the in the narrow definition of stress I think it it helps to think about this narrow versus broad definition okay. of stress the, okay. to me the narrow one is the your literal physiological response to a perceived danger or threat your heart rate goes up you that's know, your muscles that's the initial stress reaction yeah that's your stress response and then there might be subsequent things that follow like thought process mm-hmm. and emotion emotional reaction behaviors. And, and those are are part of stress but they're not the immediate yeah i think if you're talking about stress kind of broadly okay. like i was stressed out part of that would be worrying part of it would be you know anger all that kind of stuff yeah um so I, sorry. go ahead oh I, I i think that's the interesting thing because we we use the word stress in this super general way mm-hmm. as a verb as a noun as a you know right. adjective as a, yeah it's it's, it's everything yep. and so to really kind of narrow it down and, and define it helps i think add understanding into what's happening. So I'm enjoying this. Keep okay, going. Good. Um, so I think and, and another quick um, distinction would be, I, I often like to distinct, because I think when we use the word I'm stressed in, in colloquial kind of everyday speech, often what we mean when we say we're stressed is I'm overwhelmed. Like I've got a lot going on and I'm sort of worried about lots of different things. So that That's like another version of kind of broad stress, broadly speaking, mm-hmm. right? Which can lead to some of that physiological arousal, the emotional part of it. Sure. Um, but I think that's just another component to kind of, I think it's always good when we have these big broad terms to try and break them down into more specific categories. I think it can be really useful. But ultimately, I think the really important distinction is the one you brought up initially, which is between stressor, the thing that causes a stress response, and then stress response, your, how you feel and respond to that stressor. Mm -hmm. And I think this is super important when we talk about stress management. So I have a lot of clients who come in and that's one of their big goals for therapy is that they come in and they say, you know, I need more tools for managing my stress. I want coping skills for being less stressed. Heard that a lot. Heard that a lot. Right. So do you have like a a specific example of, can you think of um, like what kinds of things your clients talk about when they mentioned being stressed oh um, what does that look like at work you know somebody quit so we have twice the amount of work to do now and there's there's not enough hours in the day and i'm starting to get frazzled and and angry and resentful at work Mm -hmm. and it's harder for me to go to work you know on time and um i'm just you know i'm overwhelmed there's too much to do i can't handle it right right yeah yeah that's a that's a great example um, I was thinking, uh, just to add another example too, um, I have a client recently who's got a lot of, um, a lot of anxiety, um, and a bit of a substance abuse problem that's developing mostly as a way to, 
take care of to try and manage the anxiety. Kind of self-medicating. Mm-hmm. Self-medicating. Yeah. Um, and we've been having this discussion lately about, you know, it's it, obviously um, using drugs is not the best way probably to manage your anxiety. Um, there are better, definitely better ways to manage anxiety, um, which is a big part of her, her stress. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been talking a lot about her, her situation in life, which is she's got a very difficult home life. Um, she's got some uh, relatives, kind of unwanted relatives who are living with her and a lot of conflict with her spouse and other family members and some difficulties at work. And so we, what we've been talking about is you know, her anxiety is, it doesn't come out of the blue. It's actually quite proportional to the amount of, to the number of stressors in her life. She just has a lot of stressors in her life. Everything from a very difficult demanding job to um, really poor boundaries at home with people. And just, and she has a habit of taking on a lot more than she probably should. Mm. So, when that happens, you're you're bound to have a lot of, when, when you have that many stressors in your life, of course you're going to have a lot of stress, mm. right? So my, uh, one of the things we've been talking about, and one of the distinctions I've tried to make for her is that rather than trying to manage her stress, which is something she really wants to do, that's one of her goals for therapy is to feel less stressed, you know, there, there's, you can Google stress management and you can get 101 different techniques and things you can do everything from deep breathing to essential oils, get a massage, you know, all sorts of things mm-hmm. to, to reduce your stress, right? your stress response, right. right? Whether it's tense muscles or anxiety or whatever it is. But I think if possible, the smarter long-term strategy is to get better at managing your stressors mm. before they become stress Mm -hmm. because if you can keep trying to manage your stress but if you're not getting at the source of that stress like you're just never you're treading water right you know you're lucky to kind of keep your head above water right well yeah if if you look at the stressor um, the things that's causing stress as as being further up river Mm -hmm. better to fix it there yeah yeah but i think that's something we just don't we don't think a lot about. I think we mm. be, maybe because this, we feel the stress and it's so immediate that tends to be the object of our focus. And everyone talks about stress management, right. which sort of implies you need to fix what's going on with you right now. Mm. Um, but I think ultimately, the again, the better strategy is to really try and think about stressors, the things ultimately that are leading to the stress yeah. and see if you can creatively and intelligently manage those better so Mm -hmm. forget about stress management and focus instead maybe on stressor management okay what do you think about that well uh as an eternal problem solver (laughs) i'm a fan of that strategy i really am however it, it does seem at times that clients um have for whatever reason decided that they cannot go further upriver. Either either the stressors in their life are just never going to change and they feel very stuck around that, mm-hmm. which is common. Um, and they, they feel very resigned sometimes right. to just trying to manage the downriver part, the stress. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, but I, I think your solution is right in that hopefully throughout therapy, um, you help you help kind of lead them up river to some of the 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 headwaters of the problem. Um, but at times, m- managing the stress can be really beneficial for clients. Oh yeah, um, and, and helpful and and give them a place to kind of get a footing. Right. If you will, yeah. Yeah, and I think no doubt there are times when stressors are unavoidable. Right. When you when you don't have control over the stressors in your life. Which is, which is often. Yeah, in which case, yes, you do need to work on your stress, managing your stress. But I would agree with you that that'll, many times there are things that can be done about the stressors yes. that um, are, are, are probably going to have a larger impact in your life and in your stress. Um, and so... Good to start there if you can. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I just think we consistently underrate our ability to change the stressors in our life. I mean, I think it is true that there are some unavoidable stressors. Right. But I don't think, I, I think we have a lot of room for improvement in terms of thinking about stressors and thinking a little bit more creatively about, even for something that seems like I can't do anything right. or that seems intractable. Um, really trying to be a little bit more creative and flexible about how we think about those stressors and some different approaches we might take mm-hmm. to man to managing the stressors, which ultimately makes the stress management question a lot easier. Right. Um, so, uh, I had a few thoughts on that, on this idea of thinking a little bit more creatively about managing your stressors, mm-hmm. you know, looking up river, so to speak. Please. Um, so the first thing obviously is just starting to get used to this distinction between stressor versus stress. Right. I think a, a lot of people I think are just not aware of that distinction. Right. Um, it's just all kind of stress. Why do you think that distinction helps clients therapeutically? Um, because I think if, if you don't have a language for seeing external sources of your stress, mm-hmm. you're not going to think about it. And all you're going to be left to think about is you, like how you're experiencing the stress. So of course, that's going to be your only focus. And if you don't have practice and experience thinking about external forces that cause stress, of course, you're going to think everything's intractable and that you can't solve anything. Right. And I agree. I think that's, that's, that's the beautiful part. As soon as you're able to label both parts of that equation, solutions are also quickly right behind them, mm-hmm. right? As soon as you can say, oh, here's how I'm reacting. And here's what's actually happening. Right. Right away, you have a course of action almost. Yes. The the, the importance of labels and language. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this recently because um, my wife and I just bought a new car. And right. so for the last few months, we've been doing research about different cars. And a few months ago, we decided on the, the make and model that we wanted. It was uh, a Lamborghini, right? <laughs> right. With the car seats. <laughs> Car seats installed. In the the paid sponsorships for this podcast are just really <laughs> going through the roof right <laughs> lately. Um, no, so we got a. Uh, we ended up getting a Honda Pilot, and we we'd known for a while we wanted a Honda Pilot. Okay. Now, before up until three or four months ago, I don't think I could have told you what a Honda Pilot looked like, honestly. Okay. Um, but as soon as I started researching Honda Pilots, I started seeing them everywhere. Oh, sure. Everywhere yeah. I looked, there was a Honda Pilot. Makes sense. Right? Yeah. And so this is this is the power of labels. Like once mm. you have a label for something, visually, verbally, whatever, your awareness really changes. Ramps up quite a so bit. So that's why it seems like maybe just a semantic difference, stressor versus stress. 
but it, it will change the way you look at stress generally when you start to distinguish stressors from stress. In, in, in such a useful, functional way, right? Yeah, that yeah. has really big benefits, I yeah. think, to yeah. us. Um, so the, the next kind of practical suggestion I, I, that kind of flows from that, I think, is start to keep, once you start to be aware of stressors in your life, start to keep track of them. Okay. Literally start keeping track, writing them down. Like go for a week. So just like it's it's good financial advice, before you even create a budget, start keeping track of your spending. Right. Right. Keep your save all your receipts. Mm-hmm. It's ama- it's terrifying <laughs> and amazing <laughs> once you do that and you start realizing, oh my God, like I am bleeding money. In this area. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think most of us just just like we don't understand that or realize that with our finances, we don't understand how much we're bleeding stress because Mm -hmm. of all these stressors in our lives Mm -hmm. that we just assume are kind of an inevitable part of life. Right. But once you start a looking for stressors specifically, and then B start tracking them, it, you get so much more clarity about the stress generally in your life and especially stressors, these sources of stress. Right. So that would be my second kind of recommendation is just for a day, a few days, a week, track your stressors. So you have an actual idea of what are the big things that are contributing to my stress levels. When you say track, you mean list almost. Yeah, like Got write it. them Got down. It. Got it. You know, just carry a little notebook with you or, mm-hmm. or keep a notes file on your phone. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, um, you know, when you get to work and you have your weekly Monday morning meeting, you know, and whatever happens in that meeting that always causes you grief, you know, there, list that as right. a stressor. Um. So that you, you got to get the lay of the land of your stress. If you're going to do anything about it, you got to know where, kind of have a good idea where things are. Mm-hmm. Um, what if, what if at that meeting, um, I, I could see it if it's like every week at that meeting, you're expected to give a report mm-hmm. about, then there, then that's, that could be stressful, right? Sure. I, I have to perform. Yeah, giving a report. Or it could just be, this meeting means I'm an hour away from my desk where I could be doing work and that stresses me out too. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter, right? Whether you, right. And that's sorry for the audience though. Stress in this in this way is defined as anything that would give you grief or frustrate you. Is that what you're trying to say? The stressor, yeah. The stressor, but but it doesn't have to be a demand of a report. It could be just ooh, this this bothers me because I'm away from my own yeah, responsibilities. Does that so make sense? This distinction, I think, is exactly the kind of benefit that you get from starting to keep track of right. your stressors. You start to think more carefully about stress in your life. Sorry, so I know I'm, 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 I'm off maybe, but so when does the audience member know they're stressed, I guess, or that there is a stressor present? Oh, like when you, you're, in, you're sitting in your meeting and you're starting to feel like frustrated and irritated because you're okay. thinking about okay. your okay. desk and the stuff you got to do. Okay. So now all of a sudden you're realizing, oh yeah, this, this Monday morning meeting happens every single right. week. And like, this is leading. But, I always feel this Yeah, but then you're thinking yeah. like, well, what is it exactly about the meeting? Is it the people in the meeting? I'm like, no, they're all pretty friendly and nice. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's about the fact that I've got a ton to do and this makes me feel like I even have even less time to do it. I'm distracted by this yep. meeting, right. Okay. So that might lead to some, an, an insight like, hey, you know what? Like I might A, get more done and B, feel less stressed if I got to the office a half an hour early every day, every Monday, got some initial work done before the meeting and then left half an hour early. Right. So it, it could lead to kind of mm, creative solutions, ways of yeah. addressing your stress. Um, so I think that's, those two things are, are 
would be a really good place yeah. to start. Um, I think sometimes people feel like stressors are demands. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have to do X, right? Mm-hmm. But a stressor could completely be something that sidetracks you. A, a stressor could be something that um, is mildly irritating all the way to something that's very, yeah. you know, so, so that, and that's why I was asking that question. How does, how do yeah. I know what to write down? Um, and that's a good one though. When I feel frustrated, when I feel mm-hmm. angsty or when I feel, yeah. Okay. Yep. So sense. here's one of the most underappreciated stressors in most people's lives, I think the snooze button. (laughs) (laughs) So here's, I have a lot of clients who talk about how they, they're just, by the time they get to the, the office in the morning, they're just already stressed out. And then the rest of the day is even worse. And when, when I have them slow down and walk me through their morning, what I realize is they snooze for 30, 40 minutes until right up into the last minute so that they are literally running running through their morning in order to get to work on time. Right. Of course you're stressed. Yeah. Of course, right? Now, but if you weren't in the habit of looking for what are the causes of the feeling of stress, you might miss that. Mm-hmm. But if you notice that and you think, okay, for a week, I'm really going to try and not snooze and have an extra half hour to my morning that's more leisurely and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. How's my overall stress level going to be that day? Mm-hmm. So that's the... It, it, it seems kind of dumb, but I, I think that's the kind of thing that can make a huge difference in our overall stress levels. Right. In, that, that picking up on the fact that my procrastination about getting out of bed is actually mm-hmm. the stressor. Yeah, maybe. And then my anxiety running into work, the stress that I feel, right. is a result of this other thing that I'm doing. Yes. And, and therefore, the solution would be, don't procrastinate. Get out of bed. <laughs> don't hit that snooze button. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay, third thing, I think that people can do in terms of better stressor management Mm -hmm. is a lot of people who are stressed, they they describe this feeling of just being constantly bombarded with stuff they have to do. Kind of to your point about demands. Right. Right. It's like they have no room to breathe. Right. That's the the way to describe it. So there's a principle in um, kind of visual arts and graphic design called white space. Have you heard of this term? So white space is the idea. Imagine a business card. Okay, Mm -hmm. picture a blank business card. And you're thinking, okay, how am I going to design my business card? You think of all the, you know, 10 different things that your your business accomplishes for clients. And you list three different phone numbers and a couple different email addresses and your name and all the credentials. And you try and pack it all into this one little business card. Right. And there's absolutely no, it's full of text. Right. There's no room. There's no margin. Yeah, it's a paragraph on a card. Exactly. That is an awful, atrocious thing to read. It's Nobody stressful just looking at it. Nobody right. wants to read that, <laughs> right? Well-designed business cards, though, they they have a lot of white space. There's plenty of margin and space. There's a you know the name, uh-huh. some padding around, and the few essential things, and like that makes for a visually appealing, useful business card, right? right. So there's a metaphor for it. that's a metaphor for I think our lives. A lot of our lives are like that paragraph on a card. There's no breathing room. There's no margin. Mm-hmm. There's no white mm-hmm. space in our lives. We're packing We're way just, too from, much in there. From the minute we finally stop procrastinating and getting out of bed and we start running and we don't stop until, you know, it's 8.30 and the kids are finally in bed. And Boy, no, no wonder you're procrastinating getting out of bed. Why? <laughs> if you're just going to be running nonstop. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> once you get up anyway. Right. You're like, yeah. So b- people think a lot about, well, how do I reduce the stress in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, um, or even how do I reduce the stressors in my life, which is what we're suggesting. It was a better way to think about it. Another way to think about it, though, is 
why not, instead of trying to eliminate stress, build in white space into your life, Mm -hmm. build in margin downtime Mm -hmm. to your day. So if you're constantly stressed at work, schedule in time for nothing, like literally nothing. But you've got so much going on. How in the world do you schedule in downtime? You, you schedule it early weeks ahead (laughs) on your schedule. You put in break as a, it's just as important an appointment as meeting with boss Mm -hmm. every Friday afternoon, Mm -hmm. right? If you're really this stressed out, somehow you need to prioritize a bit of white space and downtime, Mm. right? And I, I've worked with CEOs of like major companies, like high powered attorneys and doctors. Everybody can find a way to build in some white space into their life. Okay. You just have to start thinking about it a little bit more and make it a priority. Yeah. Make it a priority. Look for opportunities to do that. I had a really, one of the best examples of this was, uh, this CEO I'm thinking about super busy guy, a lot of pressure, stress, and was just getting burnt out, was constantly kind of anxious and stressed throughout the day. And one of the best little things we, we came up with was every day in the, in the middle of the day, um, around lunch, we created this little routine where he would go outside and he would just walk around the block around his building. And what he, he would put in some music, not a podcast, not a talk show, not just music that he liked. And he'd walk partway around the block and there was a little bench and he'd sit on the bench he opened up his phone and for five minutes he would watch videos of his kids and his family nah. listening to his favorite songs and just watch videos for like five or 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Then he walked back to his office and, but he built that in as this deliberate time when he was, there was no effort, no problem solving, no, no stressors. Right. And in fact, something kind of enjoyable right. and calming. And he just, he made that a priority. Mm. So I, but I think, Again, we don't we think about lessening our stress, but we don't think about building in relaxation. Mm. And I so I think that's just a little mindset shift we can all make. That once you do that, you'll start seeing kind of opportunities to build in a little bit of buffer or margin into your day. Yeah, I like that. And that it makes it easier to kind of keep track of all the stuff that's flying at you when you have a little bit of breathing room and a little bit of space. Agreed. Um, so those are my suggestions on, you know, this overarching concept of, you know, if try to think a little bit more carefully about instead of just trying to manage my stress, is it, is it possible if I think creatively to manage my stressors? Right. Um, and then those three things, you know, thinking about stress versus stressors, keeping track of your stressors, mm-hmm. and then deliberately building in relaxation or downtime, even very small bits of it into your day, I think are good stressor management techniques Yeah, yeah. that may take, ri- take, you know, it, you may get rid of the need to do a lot of the stress management that you thought you needed to do. Right. Ah, beautiful. Well put. Well put. Good job. Nick. <laughs> Thanks, Todd. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.